The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Let's talk about the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer. There are two kinds of CFOs. One who's struggling to keep up, spreadsheets everywhere, manual processes. It takes weeks to close the books. The other kind is on top of their game. Automated reports, inventory, commerce, and HR flow into the financial model seamlessly. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. That's why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system used by over 28,000 growing businesses. 93% of businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com slash c-suite for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's netsuite.com slash c-suite. netsuite.com slash c-suite. Get the inside track on 20 top business trends for 2020 from Joe Block. Joel's insights bring Wall Street to your street so you can profit from the inside in 2020. Just text the word TREND to 7200. That's 72000 and download your free copy today. Grab your phone and get the inside track on business trends that affect you and your business. Just text the word TREND to 72000 for your copy now. This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Insights to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. Do you ever wonder what drives change in our world, the business world, our personal worlds, where it comes from, who the people are that are making it happen? To answer that question, Michelle Villalobos. Michelle, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm here. I'm great. Thank you for having me. You know, let me let me just uh, you know give a little preface. Uh, Michelle and I are working on a couple of projects together, and and I've really watched her, you know, watched you work. And what's been fascinating about about this is that you and I work. We both have seminar companies, and we yeah. approach the seminar business in such different ways, but ultimately both do the same things. Mm-hmm. And it really caused me to think, you know, that. I've really been watching how you do this and you have a very feminine approach to, uh, to solving problems. And, and I have a very masculine approach, <laughs> not better, not worse, by the way. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I think some of your ways are way better. And, and I've started to adopt some of those things. And it made me kind of think, you know, that maybe a lot of what happens in our workforce is like masculine feminine. And, and mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I think you've got great perspective on this because you work with a lot of women and, and I just thought that your perspective would be valuable. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Working with you has been really fun. It's been, it's, for me, it's a beautiful reminder of the value. You said this earlier of diversity, that diversity is a great thing and diversity of thoughts and perspectives. And then and what you're what you're talking about, you're speaking my language, Joel, because I do believe that there there's viva la difference, right? Between the, the men, men and women, we're different. We come from a different, you know, lineage. We have different biology and physiology. And if we look at the fact that we're, you know, we've only been quote unquote civilized since the dawn of agriculture, maybe 10 or 12,000 years ago, but for many more hundreds of thousands of years, we operated in a completely different way than we do right now. And what, what I think we're witnessing together, you and me now, is like what happens when we 
when the when we allow and enjoy and appreciate the difference and the masculine and its gifts and the feminine and, and its gifts and that that you know one of the big shifts i've made in my life just over the last few years has been really studying and practicing what does what is feminine leadership look like cuz i spent most of my life trying to lead and do things like a man. And I didn't even realize I was doing that. And there's nothing wrong with that, except that it didn't feel natural to me. And it didn't feel in alignment with, with who I really was. And I didn't put the language of masculine feminine on it until really recently. You know, I, I think that you bring up a, such an important point because I think a lot of women try to act like men because that's what they think they need to do in work. Now, I'm not talking about what happens at home. I'm talking about in a work environment that they, they kind of see that they have to behave a certain way. But I think that that's not working for them and it's creating a lot of frustration. Do you see that? Oh, well, so, so what I'll say to that is, well, of course she does, because in a lot of environments, that's the only way in the door, right? Like if you think about it from the perspective, like historically, right? We, we did get the message that you had to do it like a man because there was no other way to enter, um, if you think about like, for example, World War One, which is kind of one of those, you know, point, points in time that's always pointed to as like a big transition point for women where we entered the workforce for the first time, you know, women were, were working in factories. We were, because there were no men around, right? So the women had to enter these roles and they did have to act like a man. They did have to lift heavy things. They did, but at the same time, they were not supposed to lose their their feminine side. So it was a really difficult thing. And over the last few years or, you know, decades really, you know, women did have to break in. There was an element of like, all right, we've got to break in and we've got to prove ourselves and be as good as, and the standards for achievement in the business world were developed by and for men. And, and there's no, like, I think you can tell because no, you know me and I hope everyone can tell. I'm not coming from like a, a place of anger or blame or shame or complaint in this, it's more like observation. It's like, this is what had to happen. And so there was a need to develop these more masculine qualities. And you're right. I think that there, there's come a time now we're starting to experience the shift of like, well, what would happen if I started to bring back more of that feminine into the picture? That's why I want to bring you on the show is because you don't have a lot of the anger that a lot of other people have. You don't have a lot of the frustration you really kind of have a solution-oriented approach. And you've really managed to do it very well. I mean, I've given my daughter, I have two daughters, and, you know, my older daughter is a CPA. She works in, you know, in a pretty tough environment, you know, one of the big mm. firms. And I've given her a lot of counsel about how to, uh, you know, how to get along with men. And she's been, I think she's been quite successful at doing that, uh, you know, getting along with them in a work environment. My younger daughter is a school teacher, and, and that's an easier environment for her. But, you know, in, yeah. in a hardcore accounting firm environment where lots of money is moving around, I mean, it, dominated by men, Yes. Uh, you know, I mean, 50% of the junior people are male and female. But uh, as mm -hmm. you go up, it gets harder for women to stay in the workforce at, at that level. Yeah. And, and, and part of it, there's so much to that. That's such a, you know, it's such a deep, profound conversation I think that one thing that is really important to remember, well, the way I look at it, let me back up a second. One of the kind of concepts that has helped me with this whole thing, because I, I actually, you know, there is anger. There's, there is, there has been, especially in the past, there's been a feeling of, 
you know, if I'm totally honest and, and I, I try to be right. Like there was a feeling of this isn't fair, right? Like why don't I have the same opportunities or why am I treated differently? And so there was that. And, and part of what's helped me with that is a lot of my, you know, my, my more spiritual work, which, you know, not, not necessarily, uh, from a religious paradigm, but more of like this idea of what would happen if I came at the world that I live in and, and came from the perspective that everything is exactly as it, as it is, because that's exactly how it should be. And there's no wrong or right, no good or bad, no black or white. It's just like all of it. This is life. This is exactly as messy and as quote unquote, my perception, maybe it feels like it's messed up. But what if I came at this and said, this is exactly what, what it is supposed to be. And that, that's really helped me with this whole, you know, kind of like feminine leadership from a different place of like, what if I weren't angry? What if I did come from trust and came from, this is one of my mentors, her name's Nani Lea Diamond. She calls it from a place of being undefended. What if I came at leadership from a place of being sovereign and empowered and strong and undefended? And that's something that, that she talks about we've never really seen in history before. You know, the being a woman was very dangerous and in some ways it still is, but it's a lot less dangerous than it's ever been before. You know, we have a lot more power than ever before. And so what if I came from a place of strength and like, you know, a place of trust? Um, you know, but here's the thing, strength and, you know, and power doesn't mean, uh, you know, doing what men do, which bully, yell, bark. You know, I mean, I actually think that sometimes uh, power is very subtle and it, and you know, it, you can be very quiet and very powerful. The most yes, boisterous, per, boisterous person isn't always the most powerful one. No, no. Right. You nailed it. Exactly. There's a, there's a, there's a different kind of power from the feminine, right? It's a different intelligence. It's a different wisdom. We talked about this early, earlier. If we look, you know, at pre-civilized human society, right? The the feminine was we we gave birth to the babies. We were in circle a lot, you know, with each other. There was a lot of verbal, a lot of communication, right? And the women were the caretakers, right? We had to we had to listen deeply. We had to if a, if a child didn't know how to express itself or we didn't know what was happening, we could, we could feel it, right? We developed intuition. We developed a very nuanced language, sense of smell. What, what, what I call, you know, um, or what my mentor also calls deep listening, right? This like deep, deep receptivity. And I feel like that's one of the gifts that, that we have naturally that is starting to like that you've been observing with me. It's like, I listen very deeply and I didn't always, I used to listen to respond. I used to listen to make myself heard or to be right. Right. There was a lot of that happening in the past. And that what I've developed more of is like that quiet listening, the receptivity. Is that a male versus female thing? Or is that just a maturity thing? (laughs) Because <laughs> I think I've gotten I've gotten better at listening too as I've gotten older because I just understand right. that I can't thoroughly respond in a good way if I don't understand what another other person is saying to me. Is I that I mean both. is that a male female thing? I mean, well, you know the way one thing way to conceptualize this stuff that makes it a little less charged 
is using, you know, old, uh, like Eastern terminology, yang and yin and yang, yin being the yin energy, which is this quiet energy, the mysterious, like the feminine yin, it's receptive versus yang, which is the outward projected energy, which is considered like the more masculine. We think of it in terms of yin and yang, we're no longer talking about man, woman, or male, female. We're just talking about these two energetics. There's an energetic of, there's a, a version that's projected outward. And if we want to get really technical about it, right, because nature is very literal, right? The masculine body, the physiology of it, the biology, it's projection. It, there's a, a phallus and it points outward, right? And the feminine physiology and biology is receptive and it's inward, right? And so there's just fully, just biologically speaking, yin and yang. The yin is the receptive energy. The yang is the outward. And there's no human on this planet that's all one or another. There's no nothing. There's nothing on this planet that's just one or another, right? There's 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 a there's integration and there's the beauty of both. And what we've seen in the in the corporate environment, in the business world, in politics, in geopolitical expansion, all of it, it has been driven mostly by this outward, young, masculine, if you will, energy. And that's, it is what it is. And now what we're seeing, I think, and a lot of people think, is like we're seeing the rise of this feminine energy to come and balance with that masculine, the yin energy. And what you're saying, maybe it's maturity and maybe it's more of that yin energy as you get older as well. Well, I think that the key word that I just heard you say is balance. Yeah. And and we probably are somewhat out of balance in a lot of ways. And, and, you know, and I think that part of how we have to look at bringing different people into the workforce, bringing new ideas into the workforce is really balancing. Because um, I think we're probably a little top heavy. You know, we probably have uh, too much ideas from, uh, you know, from one place and we need to have more ideas from more places. And yeah. I, I just I can't help but think that that wouldn't be a good thing. You know, yeah. that. Um, I agree. You know, it's just like, we're, we're, we're starting to see it. You know, I, I had a recent conversation on my podcast with Nani Lea about how we're witnessing now the, the advent of more feminine or yin or collaborative, however you want to call it, models in business, right? In the past, the old paradigm was about ownership, competition, winning, right? Win, lose, this or that, you know, polarity, right? Like if I win, you must lose. And what we're seeing more and more of, of these win-win and not just like I win and you win, but I win, you win. And Hey, what about, what if the planet also won? What if our communities also won? Like business is changing in that way too. We're seeing like, you know, instead of ownership, right? You've probably heard this a million times that, you know, the, the largest hotel company in the world doesn't own any hotel rooms, right? Or the largest car company in the world, car rental company doesn't own cars. You know, we're seeing more like Uber and, and Lyft and, and Airbnb. And we're seeing these business models that are about sharing and share about access rather than about ownership, rather than binding resources, we're unbinding resources. And I feel like that's part of this whole shift in consciousness that's also, you know, we're seeing more of that feminine energetic uh, rise to to create that balance. I think people are starting to realize that uh, ownership of some resources increases risk. And and so in a certain way, that's Mm -hmm. part of that concentration where there's been too much uh, maybe 
too much testosterone put into the whole cycle. And maybe we need to balance it out with something else because we're a little bit overboard. And, yeah. and there really is some benefit to the business in terms of reduction of risk and other things that comes to us this way. So it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, like one of the ways that, um, and I hope this sounds right. And, you know, I, at the risk of maybe offending someone, I hope I, I don't, cause I come from love, you know, I really want to share that, but like, I look at the world that maybe other people look at and get angry at, which I, and there are things that are unjust and that feel wrong and people that get hurt. And I believe I see all of that. And I'm, you know, my life is a way of contributing to uplifting humanity. That's who, what I'm here for. And what I, what I see too, is that if, if the masculine had not built what it built, right. If it hadn't made airplanes, cause really we, you know, a woman, women by ourselves, we probably wouldn't have sat around and, and made airplanes and internets and, and things like that. Um, you know, just that's, like I said, at the risk of offending people. But now I, like, I see this infrastructure that's been built and I'm like, now the feminine intelligence can go get shot through that system. <laughs> right. And like, yeah. thank you. Right. That, that I can fly across halfway across the world and give a speech and, and, and uplift. And I can, you know, it's, it's like, if we come from that place of like everything is is perfect, or as Jeff Nishwitz, our our friend and common says, everything is already okay, then why am I here now? Oh, I'm ha- I'm here to be part of that injection of of consciousness and upliftment into this system, into this worldwide global net, right? Of like we're all connected now. Like you can have a, a new idea, a new thought, a new something beautiful and it can move all the way around the world in a matter of minutes, right? That wasn't possible a hundred years ago, 200, 2000 years ago. Right. You know, I can't really think of any reason that women wouldn't have invented airplanes or or anything else. I I wouldn't have, let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I, I, listen, I I think that if um, given the chance and if they were, you know, in a position of, of power a hundred years ago, maybe maybe they would have come up with these ideas but they weren't. And so was men. Uh, and now they are, now there are in a place where they can make big differences and lots of inventions going forward are going to be, uh, you know, a result of men and women, uh, you know, all different people. That's yes, I think what's interesting. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, I feel like the world is, it's changing and there's, as with anything, you know, there's pain and there's, there's, there's the pain of expansion. There's the pain of stretching into new, ideas and new ways of thinking and being. And there's so much um, opportunity too. And especially as a woman, I look at this and I think, oh my gosh, like, I'm so glad I'm alive today. Right. I'm, I'm so glad to be part of this. So what is, what is, um, when, when you think about feminine energy or masculine energy, what, what exactly does that mean? Like, like, is there a way we can think about that? Yeah. And I personally, like, I really prefer the yin yang uh, kind of way of okay. talking about it because it's not as charged with you know politics and things like that. And so if you think about the yang, which we really know well in the business world, right? The yang energy, if we associate that with, well, and we, and I'm going to go back to the masculine just after I said I wouldn't, but um, I, I love this this analogy that my mentor, who I mentioned earlier, Nanilea, uses. It's like the energy of if we look at pure biology, the sperm versus the egg. So she talks about, you know, what is the energetic of sperm, right? It's, it's fast moving. It's multitudinous, right? There's lots of them. It's competitive, 
right? It's, um, it's focused in one direction. They are aiming for a goal, right? They all, and they're all competing with each other. And then the, the, the science shows that the competition among the sperm actually creates more forward momentum that a group of sperm moving together moves a lot faster than one individual one. So they kind of like help each other get ahead through the competition, right? And so that's very masculine, right? Competition, focus, yeah. direction. I, you know, I mean, listen, I, I, I haven't ever thought about that, but it, it absolutely is. I mean, that really kind of describes life, you know, it's, it's in that, the, and, and having the best, the best little guy who wins uh, makes the best uh, baby, you know, I mean, that there's only one winner. <laughs> there's only one, there's one winner, one right? winner. Everybody else is a loser and, um, and you get to the, the goal and you penetrate it, right? You like get in there. It's mine. I win, plant the flag, boom. And by the way, they don't get a ribbon for ninth place. No, <laughs> second, right? And so there's no second place, no ninth place. This is, this is a reductive metaphor. I get that. And I've been, I'm having a little fun with it and it's, you know, it kind of gets the point across the feminine energy. And I love it when she describes it. She's like, you know, what does the egg do? The egg doesn't do much at all. The egg actually, and not that women don't do much, don't take me the wrong way. The egg does a lot, but, but it's not through the doing that the egg accomplishes the miracle, right? It's through the being. The egg emanates an energy. And actually the science is showing now that the egg emanates a signal to the sperm. It's like, come to me. This is where I am. You can find me if you follow my signal. And it's like, um, it's, uh, you know, the egg takes her time coming down the fallopian tube. Right. And it's one at a time, but like, you know, they're, they're not competing for who gets to go next. Right. One just kind of pops out and goes down and it's like this emanation, right. This come to me, this signal of like, you know, and receptivity, Right. And so if we just come from that place. Like that's the beginning. That's one way to look at. That's, that so that's a, that's a great. So being and doing, I get that. So, mm-hmm. you know, being is the feminine, doing is the masculine. Mm-hmm. But do you find that are a lot of women that they want to switch into being doers instead of beers or do they need to stay being on the being side or. Well, you, I don't think you can win or not win. That's a bad choice of words. I don't think you can achieve and be successful in this in this mostly patriarchal masculine type of space mostly without doing stuff this in this day and age like you still you got to do stuff so it's so i really come at this from like what would happen if we looked at this from an integrated perspective right like because really the miracle of life does not happen with just the masculine or just the feminine there is no way if, if if each of us didn't if there wasn't both and by the way what i'm saying is inside of me i have both and I had rejected a lot of the feminine qualities and just focused on developing my masculine qualities for most of my high school, college, MBA, early career, right? Like there wasn't any integration. There wasn't any balance. And the miracle of life happens when the two come together. So it's not like, okay, women go be, go be this way and men go be this way. It's like, we're complicated. We're complex. We are, we are highly evolved creatures. We are not one or the other. We are both. And what happens? The miracle happens when we, can, when we can harness both energies. And the feminine in general, whether you're a man or a woman, has been the energetic that's generally been suppressed, right? 
And so in business, what I look like it at, like when I talk about this from a business perspective, I go, I talk a lot about branding, right? Like you can market and sell yourself from a very masculine place, men and women alike. You can go around chasing business, hunting business, cold calling for business, right? Uh, You can do all that and it works, right? It'll get you some results. And you could also build a really beautiful butterfly garden, right? Cultivate the flowers in your garden, water them, bring them soil, expose them to the sun and attract butterflies. Come to me, right? Like that same energetic. You can put that energy towards nurturing a garden versus running around. And so that's kind of how I apply it to business, right? The well, feminine. So how, how, tell me, yeah. tell me, because I'm I'm a little thick on this here. So, okay. how does that really apply in a business environment? How do men and women get along better in a business environment? You know, given what you've just described to us, I think that if both men and women were developing more of that receptive energy, the deep listening, the compassion the empathy, the nurturing energy. You know, a lot of what we see, I'll give you an example of what it isn't, right? Like our, our world is built a lot around quarterly earnings, quarterly returns. What's the outcome this quarter? And what, what gets lost there is the long-term nurturing of the garden, right? So what happens if we take a longer range view? If we really consider what's the impact of this decision today on 10 generations down, but our business world doesn't really um, reward us for that right now, at least not in the short term. Well, that's, right? cha- that's changing. Changing, yeah. I'll, well, I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why. It's changing because our competitors, China and some of these other uh, large countries, take a different view than the quarter-by-quarter quarter view that the United States of America right. has evolved into. And so we're talking about, let's say, the Chinese. I mean, I, you know, I wrote my, my book on trends, and one of the big trends that uh, we talk about, of course, is that we're competing with people who, who take a long view, yeah. 50, a hundred, even 200 mm-hmm. years out. Right. That's that 10 generations that you're, I mean, that's, that's a hugely long time. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, we can't think about quarter by quarter when our competitors are thinking about a uh, hundred years from now. I mean, we really have to think in a different way and, you know, we have yeah. to really come around to some new things. So maybe uh, that means that we have to, uh, you know, adopt a new way of thinking, which is kind of what this whole discussion is about, is yeah. we need to learn to think a little differently. And and then part of it too, just like the energy of, instead of we need to, we have to, we must, right? It's also like, we could, right? We get to choose. And that's part of that more open, just energetic, right? Coming from choice, coming from like I invite you, remember, you know how I talk all the time. I, I invite people to consider things instead of telling them what they have to do, which is a more directive approach. And remember you said earlier, and I didn't really answer your question, like what is this masculine feminine? I said, yang, right? The yin is the energy, or let's start with the yang because it's the one we know. It's like focus, goals, outcomes, outcome focus, manipulating outcomes, getting results. How do I, if I do this, then I get that, Right rationality, right? These are all the very young, like speaking, expression, creation, building, construction. These are all very masculine kind of, or young energy related things, doings. And then the, the, this yin side is like, you know, the, the mystery, the unknown, the not knowing the answer, the flexibility, the surrender, the allowing, 
right? The, the, it's, it's, it's kind of the darker, it's more mysterious. It's more unknown. If you can describe the feminine, right? Like you're, you're unique because like the feminine part of it is that it's, or the yin is that it's, that it's changing, that it, that it, that it adjusts, that it's ever, ever changing. Right. And so when we bring these two together, that's when like, you know, it's like, that's where magic happens. That's where the miracle of life happens. And that's where I think the magic of our future is. Well, what's, what's clear and obvious is that we don't have to give up anything of ourselves, but we have to grow to allow others to contribute. It's clear and obvious to me because listening to this, when I think about the Chinese thing that they're thinking 200 years ahead, a uh, hundred or at least 50, I mean, they're, the Japanese think that way. It's very different. Asian culture is very different than how we think. Yeah. Um, and, and so we, we really need to bring new ideas to the table because a lot of what we're doing, it's working okay. It's working pretty good, mm-hmm. but we're not going to get uh, to the next place thinking the way that we've always thought. And we do have access to a lot of really great people in our workforce. And yeah. it really is in everyone's interest to value them more and, yeah. and understand that, you know, that we're different. Now, that being said, um, I hope that we can eliminate some of the anger because there's lots of different little subgroups that have lots of anger and that's not well, really can I helpful. Can share a perspective on that that's really helped me with yeah. that? Um, just going very, very surface on this, but there's a book that I've read a couple times that's, I think, very powerful. It's called The 12 Stages of Healing. And it's basically a book about these, essentially, this 12 kind of ways of being in the world, all the way from like suffering and depressed and just the lowest feeling that we feel and that we've all felt, all the way to the most like uplifted, elevated, like powerful connected, divinely inspired way of being like there's, you know, it's, and it's just a framework that somebody made up and I find it really powerful, you know, to think about things this way. It's like, okay. And and to really know that as humans, we all have this range, right. Or, or we can have this range. We don't always allow ourselves to have that range. That's a whole nother conversation. But if we think about from the very lowest of the low, like suffering and we move through the phases at what point, oh, by the way, the book is by a guy named Donnie Epstein. It's kind of woo-woo, it's kind of out there. You don't necessarily have to read it, but this is where I got this concept from. You get to stage four, right? From, from suffering all the way to like the most expansive version of you, right? At stage four, there's a shift, right? From moving from suffering through polarity, through stuckness. I'm not gonna get into each thing, but, but at stage four, there's a shift. And that shift is what I call uh, empowerment, and it's a shift of like, it's like this anger piece where finally like you're suffering, you know, you're stuck and you, you've got just enough energy. Ang- anger has more energy than suffering. Anger has more energy than stuck, right? Anger has energy and it helps us to move through something. Like if you've ever been in a place in your life where you're just like, you're being taken advantage of, or you feel like a victim or somebody's hurting you, or, you know, there's a moment where eventually you've got to get angry enough to get enough energy to like bust through it and say, enough of this, right? I'm not going to take this anymore. It's like, it's like being the kid on the playground that's getting bullied and then finally like standing up for yourself, right? And you can't get from suffering, at least in this framework. And I feel like it's, this feels true to me. 
all the way to the highest of the high without moving through that phase of moving from victim to empowered. Like you've got to get through that. And a lot of, and that anger energy, that sort of like enough of this, I take my power back is part of that. And so I feel like as, as a culture globally, there's been a suppression of, of women. Like you have to acknowledge that women's voices have not been heard. Women have been, you know, quieted. We weren't able to own property. We weren't, we couldn't sign a mortgage for ourselves 30 years ago was when that changed, right? Like there were a lot of things that women, we were not like able to do except a few women that bust through, you know, and, and they're, they're, they're notable in their exception. Right. And so I think globally, or, you know, at least culturally and socially in a lot of places, we've hit this point where women have said enough of this, I take my power back. And there's, there's anger in that there's, there has to be to have enough energy to bust out. You know, but there's, there's positive anger and there's negative anger. I mean, it's, you know, listening, I, I, I get that, you know, listen, when you have pain, pain causes you to go to the doctor and get problems solved. You know, that's, so I, I agree that pain is a good thing that your body designs it to help you to get better. Anger sure. is probably the same thing that it, 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 it happens so that we get better, but, yes. but it's not good. good to stay in that state. No. And a lot of people, unfortunately, are in that place for a long time. Well, and think about it, though, that if we think about it from a macro perspective, right, a lot of people have to move through that phase. And people are at different phases of that. It might take somebody a whole lifetime to move through anger. Yeah. But as a culture, as a, as a global community, we are, we're moving through it. And there yeah. are people that are on the other side of it. There are, there are people like that are all right, I got it out of my system. I'm, I did it right. You know? And, and then there are people that haven't even gotten there yet that are still in the suffering that are still in the, in the suppression. Right. And it's like, if you think of it like a whole, you know, a whole, we're pulling people forward. The people who are already through it are pulling the rest through and like pulling up the culture in a way. Yeah. And well, I just feel like we got to move through that. Yeah. And acknowledge it and, 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 and have compassion for it too. Well, listen, I, you know, the, the thing I think about is that, um, and, and I don't know what it's like being in, you know, being a woman or being somebody else, but yeah. uh, it, um, we're making progress. I, I, I certainly recognize we're not progressing enough. It's not happening fast enough. It's not happening, happening well enough, but we're certainly making progress. I don't think we're stagnating. I don't think we're going backwards. I, I think that we're making progress and we just have to all work together and make more progress. Yeah. And that's it. And listen to each other and love each other. And that's like what I feel like you and I do, which is so fun, uh, is like we really appreciate each other. And that's really where it starts is like respect. Well, listen, you, uh, you do a good job of making it easy. So thank you very much for, uh, for doing that. And, and listen, thanks for sharing your ideas. I mean, this has been a really cool, uh, it's a little different than a lot of other it's stuff. That, different. Yeah. I don't usually talk about this stuff. I, you know, listen, uh, a lot of the people I work with are, are male. I think that they need to hear a nice perspective once in a while. And, and I've learned a lot from being around you and your perspective, because even though we both get to the same place, we do it in a different way. And, it's like I look at it and I think, you know what? Sometimes your way is better than my way, and sometimes my way is better. But it's, and 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 that's how everything in life is. Is it's yeah. not always better right. my way. Sometimes it's better another person's way. Yeah. We need to be more open about that. So thanks, Michelle. Yeah. Really appreciate you sharing. My pleasure. Thank you for listening and for inviting me here and opening this conversation up. Great. Well, listen, we will uh, we'll continue the dialogue, and and I appreciate your uh, your friendship. Yeah.
You've been listening to Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. For more insights and to learn more, visit joelblock.com. How about a shout out and a giant thanks to my podcast producer, David Wolf, and his team at Podcast and Radio Networks. Profit from the Inside simply wouldn't be what it is without David and his team. For more information or to learn how you can launch and produce your own podcast, reach out to podcastandradio.com. Get the inside track on 20 top business trends for 2020 from Joel Block. Joel's insights bring Wall Street to your street so you can profit from the inside in 2020. Just text the word TREND to 72000. That's 72000 and download your free copy today. Grab your phone and get the inside track on business trends that affect you and your business. Just text the word TREND to 72000 for your copy now. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.